It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. Well, I'm sure you've heard by now, uh, Captain Richard Phillips, freed from those little thug pirates out there through the skill of who else? The Navy SEALs, uh, U.S. Military Special Forces, man, don't make them mad, I'm telling you. Three of the pirates held AK-47s, and when one of them pointed the weapon at Captain Phillips's back, that was all they needed. And Navy SEAL snipers killed three of the four pirates, capturing the fourth. And Captain Richard uh, Phillips was free. So the pirates vowed that they will retaliate, so we'll just wait and see what happens in that part of the world. So, hi everyone, Alan Smith here, and this is Truth About Trucking Live, Monday, April 13th, 2009. And thanks for joining me this evening, and I hope all is well with you and you had a good Easter, as we will be discussing these lease purchase programs many of you have read and heard about. If you're uh, considering a career in trucking or just starting out and you're thinking about becoming an owner-operator but just don't have the down payment to purchase a truck on your own, those uh, lease purchase programs by the trucking companies can sound really good sometimes, but as we continue our quest to raise the standards of the trucking industry, let's talk this evening about these lease purchase options through uh, many of these trucking companies. And so um, <clears throat> call in and be a part of the show. Always glad to hear from you. Uh, 347-826-9170 is our call-in number. But they sound great. No credit check, no money down, great miles, great pay, become an owner-operator. And are there owner-operators out there using these lease purchase programs and doing okay with them? Sure, I'm sure there are. You can always find someone somewhere that will have a positive story to tell about anything, really. But when investigating the possibilities of any kind of business venture, a, a good business person will fully check out all aspects of the venture, looking at all pros and cons from both sides, and then outweighing the good from the bad to come up with a truthful answer for the uh, situation. Um, let me read some comments and posts that I have found from from drivers uh, regarding these trucking companies' um, lease purchase options. <clears throat> Start with this one. It says... Um, Beware of lease purchase programs with these trucking companies. They will cut your miles when you enter the last year. They keep you just enough to pay fuel and lease payment and nothing to take home. Let me get rid of that little pop-up there. And another one, I have never run across a lease purchase agreement that was worth a second look. If you take all the time to investigate and digest what it represents... Uh, there are carriers that never intend for a driver to own the vehicle and, we pre- and will prevent it from happening. Even the carriers that simply lease a truck with no purchase option will win at every angle. They save taxes. They don't pay for fuel. They don't have to provide insurance on employees. They shift all these burdens to the driver, and the driver works for less every time. And one more, after watching my husband deal with his lease purchase agreement and almost going broke, it is my opinion that there is no company out there 
that a driver can make money in it. They are all structured to benefit the company. And one more here, not even a debate. Don't do it unless you are single with no bills. That is the only way you can have a chance of paying the truck off or even finishing the lease out. If you don't finish, you won't have credit. There are very few success stories out there. And one more, if you're single and have no bills, you can probably do it. My husband tried it. We were st- we were a sinking ship real fast. The company didn't care. They got their money every week. Once we got a check for $3.86. So be be careful, very careful. No matter how many miles you get that week, they will get the truck payment, fuel taxes, and whatever else they can attach to your lease bill. That's just a few of the comments. Now, I have to add that I don't really even agree with the being single comment, but we'll touch on that later. And I could go on and on and on. So based on my experience and giving my little opinion here for what it's worth, here's my suggestion for owner-operator lease purchase programs. Don't do it. Most of these lease purchase options through these trucking companies are nothing more than scams. That's all it is. It's a way for the trucking company pass all truck-related expenses onto the driver, and what happens almost all the time is the driver can't make it work due to loss of miles or too many repairs because they're stuck in a truck that has five, six, seven hundred thousand miles on it. And these trucks have been passed on from driver to driver to driver. They are a big money maker for the trucking companies. Plain and simple, this is a truth about trucking. Uh, have you had this happen to you? Be a part of the show. Let me hear, let your voice be heard. Uh, 347-826-9170 is our guest call-in number. And, you know, there there really is power in numbers. But, and you know, enough is enough. Truckers are having their voices heard. You newcomers to the business, you ask for my advice. So here it is. Stay away from leases. Will you get lucky and, and make it work? Well, maybe. But do you want to take the chance of uh, losing your home or or everything really? And and am am I sounding um, dramatical? <laughs> well, uh, just call it what you may. But I but I have nothing to gain from any of this. Uh, well, I have one thing to gain. I might be able to uh, help one student or one CDL grad from ruining their life by going with a lease purchase program. Uh, I tr- I tried it twice before I wised up and finally was able to buy a truck on my own. Um, there are good there are good companies out there. Uh, I, I mention this all the time. There are good trucking companies. There are some trucking companies that have very good lease programs. Um, off the top of my head, uh, Central Refrigerated, um, I believe they're headquartered out of Utah. I'm just coming off the top of my head here. Everything I see and, and hear about, uh, they have a very good lease program, honest, upfront, uh, very good, very good company. And one that I know of uh, out of my home state, Oklahoma, John Christner Trucking, uh, my understanding they have a very good and honest and open um, uh, lease purchase program. So there are out there. Um, it's just when you weigh everything all together and uh, just put everything in one basket and look at it all, the negatives just outweigh the positives. Uh, The first time I ended up in a pretty nice truck, low miles, uh, pretty decent freight liner. The first two months weren't bad, but then the miles fell, a lot of sitting time, no freight. You hear that all the time, no freight. And they did did what I um, write about, in my books, they starved me out. Uh, the second time, I uh, fell for an ad by a trucking company out of Texas, and this time the truck wasn't so great. I didn't even have the option of choosing my own truck. They uh, they picked it for me. Uh, bad miles, and the truck was in the shop more than it was on the road, but I had learned a little something from the previous time. I, I paid for the repairs on my own through uh, credit cards. <clears throat> I didn't call in for a... Uh, com check or whatever when I had a repair done. And the day before I turned the truck back in, I had $3,600 worth of repairs done on the truck. 
And so the next day I turned it in, told them goodbye, and they said I just couldn't walk away from the lease, and I said, well, watch me. And about two months later, it ended up not only on my credit report, but my DAC report as well. And you know what they said I did? They said that I had turned the truck back in in need of major repairs. So I turned around and called them up, and I called the so-called finance company up and told them that I had copies of the $3,600 worth of repairs that I had done the day before I turned it in, but I went one better. I had also had gotten a signed report from the certified Freightliner dealer stating that the truck had received complete repairs and was in excellent maintenance condition. And I told them very politely that if they did not remove the negative reports from my credit report and DAC report, then I would sue both of them, the trucking company and the finance company, under the Federal Truth and Leasing Law. And about two weeks later, everything was gone from my credit and DAC report. And I guarantee you, within weeks' time, another driver came along, dreaming of being an owner-operator, and that company had another driver in that same truck selling them on the dream of being an owner-operator, and the best way to get started is through their lease purchase program. Uh, these, these programs, most of them, most of them are just scams. They abuse drivers, new and veteran, and they have no intentions nearly most of the time for you to ever end up with that truck. Uh, These trucks are used as a cash cow for the company and have been paid off time and time again by drivers that get suckered into these lease uh, purchase programs. And that's just the way it is. So let me me share some uh, more comments here I found across the net regarding this topic. Here's one that says, you do not see the successful stories as much as the failures. True, most lease purchase programs do fail, but there are some who do make it, and you do not hear about them. Now, here's a reply to that statement. I have to disagree with you there. Show me the success stories. My husband is a hard worker and a good driver, never turning down a load he can deliver legally. If you consistently get 500-mile runs that deliver in three days, you tell me how you can get the required amount of miles to cover your expenses and still bring home a good paycheck, and I mean a net pay of at least $700. No lease purchase program will give a driver a good living. If you are single and don't have bills and can live on small or non-existent paychecks, then I say more power to you. And it just goes on and on and on. Um, Let me... uh, Get here online, and we'll go ahead and just take one. Take a caller here, uh, area code four three five. You're calling Truth About Trucking Live. Go ahead. Four three five. Hello. Are you online? Area code four three five. Okay. Well, I heard something, but I didn't quite get them to come back. So let me just put them off. And that brings me back to my comment earlier. When I said that I didn't agree with the being single statement, when it comes to these lease purchase programs, it doesn't matter if you're single or whatever. These uh, these trucks have been paid off over and over again by other drivers that have tried and failed. And they failed because the company has no intentions of letting you succeed in the first place. Uh, sure, some drivers do. They they have to let some drivers succeed, or or nobody would ever jump into these lease purchase programs. But I'm telling you, this is nothing more than a scam by many of the trucking companies out there. They know it. Veteran drivers know it, and we are letting the trucking companies know that we know it, and we are letting you, the newcomer to trucking, know it. And again, there is power in numbers. This ha- this has been going on for years. And finally, the truth is being known, and uh, actually I'm quite honored to really have been the first to get the truth about trucking out there, and that is exactly what we will continue to do. Uh, Try another line here. Uh, Line 2, area code 419, Uh, you're calling Truth About Trucking Live. Go ahead. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. Hey, I I got caught up in this scheme. It's a... 
very large company. They convinced me to lease a truck. Uh, did it for about six months. I didn't make one dime. Then all of a sudden I get a phone call when I was on my home time, uh, accused of being a, a lazy SOB, and all of a sudden I'm going to take your truck back. Um, so I asked him, I said, okay, where do you want me to take it? And took it. Took it to the location. But here's my, my question. Mm-hmm. When I looked at the uh, registration, it showed where this company is actually leasing this truck from a manufacturer's uh, in-house uh, uh, finance company. Mm-hmm. Would that be considered a double lease, and is that legal? Well, it could be, but, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I don't, I wouldn't really know. Um, and, you know, if I'm not for sure about something, I just don't really want to give something. I, I mean, I'm no attorney or anything like that. Um, I can't imagine, you know, it, 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 uh, it, them doing something like that that is just so blatant, blatantly illegal. And so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they have, they're always going to have their back covered. So if, if they're, if they are doing that, uh, you know, I'm sure that they probably have their back covered, and it's not, and then it's not illegal. But again, you know, I'm no attorney, but that's an interesting question. Somebody else there out there may know. But you know, I, I think it's always funny how they always turn it around on you. You said you were six months in there. Oh yeah, I, I, I didn't turn down a load uh, other than one load that wasn't legal, and uh, you know, I was constantly asking them to keep the truck moving. And uh, they kept saying, well, freight is low, and freight is low, so you just got to hang in there. Yeah. And I'd call, you know, and, and, and inquire, saying, hey, what can I do to keep this truck moving? They said, well, just hang in there. Freight is low. Freight is low. Everyone's in this situation, so just but just hang in there. Yeah. And uh, then finally a guy called me and said, look, I'm going to take this truck back. And I said, well, he said, and I can do it. I said, well, where do you want me to take it? And he told me where to take it, and I took it there, you know, just to avoid a big major confrontation. Yeah. Um, and, and so I took the truck there, and I know what they're going to do is they're going to probably lease it to another driver. Oh, yeah. And, and then they, they called me today, some collecting agency saying I owed them $98,000. And, I, you know, I told them, you know, very yeah, politely, um, how do you figure that? You know, when they took the truck from me, they breached the contract with me. They guaranteed me that that their in-house dispatch was capable of of keeping this truck moving. You oh know, yeah. And, and it's one it's a one-sided contract where everything's in their favor. We we have no recourse. You know, I can't take the truck and go to another company because of the lease agreement I have. You know, I couldn't go outside and use a broker to keep the truck moving. I had to rely totally upon them, 100%. They have total autonomy over everything. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the way it's set up. And, and again, as far as a, a double lease, like I said, I mean, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure that's probably legal because they're not going to do anything that's, that's going to be just so blatantly obvious. So, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong in leasing something and then turn around and subleasing it to a driver. Um, and, you know, again, I'm no attorney, but just uh, from what I've seen and what I understand, you know, I'm sure I'm sure that's legal what they're doing. But this is a thing that goes on and on and on, and uh, they'll let drivers end up paying the truck off, and then they'll just put it into their system and just keep. It's just the same thing over and over and over. There are, like I said, you know, companies out there that do have good leasings, but they're few and far between. This is just a story that we hear over and over and over. Has it uh, has it prevented you from um, getting back into work? Well, I've got a couple couple apps in, but I haven't heard anything, and it's been uh, since I say about ten days now. Oh, so just real recently? Oh yeah, this is recent. Yeah, this is as recent as as uh, uh, maybe two three weeks ago. Okay, you, well, know, you might want to keep an eye on your DAC and make sure they don't slam anything on there. Well, he this guy called me tonight saying that uh, he was going to uh, put it on my credit bureau or whatever. And I said, well, you know, you do what you have to do. But I told him, I said, as far as I'm concerned, um, what you guys did was illegal. 
and and hopefully I can take action against you. I'm not really sure if I can or not yet. I'm looking into it, but I'm, well, I'm, I think you said I'm, it. I think you said it a minute ago. Breach of contract. I mean, if they call you up and say we we can take that truck back, they told you to. I mean. You know, again, I'm no attorney. Contact a uh, transportation attorney through litigation, and, and you know, check check that route. Um, and you can check with a NACA, N-A-C-A. They have attorneys that might be able to help you, and uh, you know, help keep the cost down if they, you know if they don't win or something. But um, I mean, it looks like breach to me. They're the ones that did it. So I mean, if yeah, that's it, it, yeah, it wasn't me. I mean, I told him. I said, you know, I, I'm willing to ride this out. You know, and you got to remember for six months. I basically didn't make one dime. You know, they right. get me to the point to where you make the you make the uh, uh, truck payment and and pay for your fuel and and your incidentals as far as your insurance, and then they cut you off. Right. And then when you ask them for more miles, they tell you, well, we don't have any freight as low. Yeah, that's a that's a common thing, and it's slow right now. But they use yeah. that even they they use that even during the you know high times of freight. So that's just a common phrase that you have to get used to hearing. Oh, is that right? Yeah. But, but has it has any drivers ever took action against these companies for doing that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the beauty of the truth and leasing law that came into effect in 1976. And you can go to uh, OOIDA's website, and uh, you know they have a ton of lawsuits going against trucking companies. A little bit about everything, but I'm sure you're going to find uh, truth and leasing law in there somewhere. So. When you say you don't have a recourse, you do have a recourse through that truth and leasing law. You just have to understand it and definitely, you know, need an attorney to help you out with it. And uh, but, um, you know, you, you do have a recourse. And um, you know, if you want to go that route, just find a competent transportation attorney to help you out with it. Okay, no. thanks a lot. Okay, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Yeah. And that's interesting what he was saying too, because. Here's another great post I found. Listen to this comment. Another thing to consider, you're getting your freight from the people that you got the truck from. They totally control what you make. It would seem that it would be in their best interest to keep you running and making lease payments, but this is not always true. If you're getting near the end of your lease and they have a lot of new suckers, or I mean future lessors, waiting for trucks, your miles will suddenly drop until you can still make the lease payment, but nothing will be left over for you. You will soon have to quit. Why do they do this? So they can now take your used truck and lease it to someone else on another long-term lease. By keeping the miles down to just above break-even for you, they can keep you in the truck for most of your lease term, release the same truck to another driver, and still have a fairly low-mile truck because of the low miles each lessor suddenly found themselves getting near the end of their lease. Then they will sue you for the remainder of the broken lease and for your school tuition if you went through school while the next driver is paying lease payments on the truck, you are still paying off but just not driving anymore. It could be possible to have three or more drivers making payments on the same truck at the same time. The company makes more money leasing the truck than they make hauling the freight. They can't lose, but you sure can. I mean, that's almost an echo of the of the uh, gentleman caller that we just had, isn't it? It's just, it's just uh, amazing to me. So uh, <clears throat> let's try another... Another caller here. Uh, same, same truck at the same time. The company uh, makes more money leasing the truck. Hello? They make freight. They can't lose. You sure can. I mean, that's almost an echo of the... of the. Uh, well, that's weird. I wonder what that is. That was me. Okay, that's, that's a weird number that popped up. Let's try this number here. Uh, area code uh, 940. Uh, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, Alan? This is Silver Surfer. Oh, I thought I recognized that area code. How you doing? Pretty good. I, uh, my internet was me out of the show, so I had to call in to listen to it. Oh, well, I'm glad just, you did. Uh, yeah. That well, last I, caller, I, boy, he was just echoing some things that I just hear over and over and over. Yeah, that's that's the deep side of the issue. I mean, that's I mean, when you really get into uh, looking at the depth of of the problem, that that's where it's at. Uh, I think the majority of it is just transferring costs onto the, the drivers, run them just enough to keep them viable to make them payments for them. And by not allowing the driver to really grasp, uh, they 
they're essentially making you a slave to that truck. And, you know, that that's always been the, the, the prime thing that I've seen is just drivers being uh, talked into these leases and basically not making enough above what it's costing them. And all the, all the leases is just transferring of costs off of the company's books on the drivers. Uh, that's what I've always viewed it as. Uh, right. But he, he got into the really deep side of it when you getting into guys that finally say, that's it, I've had enough. It goes into another level of company generating income off that truck, exactly how he was pointing out. Right. That's right. something else. Yeah, it is. It's just it's just a big thing, and it's just been going on for so long. And and um, I hear that guy, I, I just hear so many stories like that, and it just tells me that it's still going on out there. So it's just a big yeah. money cow. Big money cow is all it is. Oh yeah, it's something that you know. It's it, Lord, it's it's been going on since they started this lease game and actually caught on to just what they can and uh, what they can generate off it. Then it just uh, it just got out of hand. Uh, this is why I always, whenever I'm talking to new drivers, I always try to get them to understand: don't buy into the lease agreement. Uh, a company driver so you learn the ropes. You know, so you truly learn gig out there. Because uh, it's it's a it's a business world out there. It's capitalism, and if you know the game, you you won't get caught up in that mess. It's those guys that just don't know that get caught up in the middle of that stuff, and the companies just rake hand over. Fist. Oh yeah, yeah. They got to learn learn the road and learn the game, and uh, you know get to know who the good companies really are. And uh, you know, cause like I always point out, there are good companies out there. Not all of them have leases, but there are a few. But uh, yeah, you're right. They just they just got to learn. A lot of them are just so anxious, you know, to jump into that. Uh, you know, just like I was too. And yeah, uh, I was sitting here, sitting here. I was, I was, man, I was family taught. I mean, I, I can't really, I can comprehend, but I can't truly understand the uh, the eagerness that youngins are. You know, they get in and they're just so rare to go. You know, I I had that same feeling, but I had real good training family, and and I didn't start out as company driver. I I came into lawn owner op and 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 uh, you know there's there's I can't take and and really say that I understand the eagerness and please understand from an old boy that patience learn your gig because there's a lot out there you got to learn. And, you know, be quite honest about the, the good and the bad companies. Believe it or not, if you know what you're doing, you learn the ropes, you can do just as well at a bad company as you can do a good company. You understand what it is that you're actually getting into. You can prevent those type of scenarios from occurring just by having an understanding of how the business works. Even the bad companies, if they can't pull the wool over you, you're you're going you'll make a living with it it's it's there's just so much to learn yeah there is yeah i hear you i um let me uh let me check this other caller here yeah uh, i mainly yeah i mainly called just to listen, as i finished listening to the show i was hearing that guy talking and it was like my my internet explorer kicked me out and i was like oh lord and it wouldn't let me back in <laughs> oh that, that's fine that's fine i, I appreciate the uh yeah, calling in and sharing that. I'll put you all back on hold there. And let's try um, uh, area code 412. Uh, if you're calling from area code 412, go ahead. You're on the air. Hi, Alan. This is Damien. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I hear you good. How's it going? You're not on top of a mountain today, are you? No, no. I'm uh, just uh, in the Pennsylvania area, so up uh, by 80 there. So I hope the reception holds that. Yeah, you're sounding good. What's going on? Can you relate to any of this? Oh, I just wanted to bring up the topic I heard about. It's called density. And if you wonder why they uh, string out all these lease owner-operators to as many as they can get, is it increases density. So don't forget, they're not paying any expenses. So if they can have 10 people out starving versus 5 people out making a good living, and let's say that they're covering the Dallas area now with 10 drivers, that are capable of picking up a load that pops up. So let's say Schneider only has five and JV has five, and now they have ten. 
So that's another reason, and I believe it's called density. It gives them increased area coverage. So that's just another angle I heard of. I'd like to throw it out there, see if anybody else heard of that practice. Okay. Yeah, well, it makes sense to me. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a good point. Um, I'll... Uh, it's just that this, like I was telling him, it just goes on and on and on. And I was surprised because that last caller, his story was was just almost perfectly to my next post that I had read. And oh, yeah. uh, it just goes on and on like that. So, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, well, another point is um, at my company, they not only have leases, they have owner-operator, mentor-trainer leases. So. Mm-hmm. In this case, now you have somebody who's training who probably didn't really figure he was going to be a trainer. He probably tried being an owner-operator first. He notices he's not making any more money and he's working a lot more hours. So now his only recourse is, and the companies encourage this, of course, is to become an owner-operator mentor-trainer. And again, the company wasn't losing any money with him as an owner-operator. He's paying off an 80,000-plus vehicle. And now they've turned this truck from a single uh, truck into a team truck. And then I've seen them put these uh, a brand-new one-day student on what the trainer has been up all day. They throw him on a truck, and they give him a FedEx run out of uh, Memphis up to New Jersey. Well, the trainer's been up all day, plus you got the student's got to do a turn. So you got to do two 10-hour turns to get up there. And uh, that's another thing that goes on in the industry. And that's how they become profitable, but they really aren't interested at that point in doing a lot of training sometimes. Uh, As an ex-trainer, I've seen this quite a bit also. So this is another angle. And our owner of our company, Jerry Moyes, uh, he now has his own uh, Mexican drivers coming in throughout the United States. He has a private visa deal with the government. Don't ask me how he got it. They're coming up straight out of Mexico. They work for our company in Mexico. They deliver all throughout the United States. They'll go to Mexico to Detroit, back into Mexico. And what I see eventually happening with this NAFTA, because they've cut some kind of deal with them, they're going to build his green gas trucks or something or other, is uh, eventually you'll have Mexican owner-operator trainers training American students. And when I was a trainer working out of a terminal in the border area, I wasn't allowed to train Spanish-speaking students. But mm-hmm. Spanish-speaking trainers in America were allowed to train both the Americans and the Spanish-speaking. And what you're going to have next are these owner-operators, this is my prediction, coming out of Mexico, coming into this country, and they're going to have a much lower cost basis. Because, like I say, uh, you can get, once they're trained or they figure out how to train them, you can get a top like mechanic in Mexico, probably for $25 a day. So these are some other angles to consider, and uh, I see this Mexican uh, drivers at the windfall prop program for the large corporations and uh, owners in the trucking business. So that's what this NAFTA is. It's windfall profits for the corporations, and leasing is part of that. And, uh, you know, it gets worse from what you're describing. As bad as you're describing, and I, didn't, I just tuned in, I didn't hear the previous caller, you know, it gets worse. So I'll be posting some blogs on it this week on my blog, uh, some writings on it with documentation, and uh, it's going to back up a lot of things that other drivers have been saying as well. So, okay. uh, yeah. uh, well, give us, uh, what's your blog there? Give us the address to that. Uh, okay. Uh, it's uh, smartunion.wordpress.com. And these Smart. training programs, Smart Union, S-M-A-R-T, Union, U-N-I-O-N, dot WordPress, W-O-R-D-P-R-E-S-S, Smart dot Union, Okay, smartunion.wordpress.com. Smart That's it. Okay, good. Okay, we'll be looking forward to that. Okay, I just wanted to bring that up because I don't think anybody's considered that yet. So just let yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, good points. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling in, and letting us know. We'll be look we'll be looking for your post. Okay, thanks. I'm gonna continue listening if that's okay. Oh, that's fine. Appreciate it. Okay, thanks. Uh huh. And like uh, and like I said, you'll always hear you know other sides. 
you know, like these. Here's another post. Actually, you can make money as a lease purchase if you do your homework. Lease purchase is similar to financing a truck, and all in all, it's a business that requires a business plan. A copy of a lease agreement should be presented to you before orientation, and it needs to be reviewed by an attorney. You need to find out all your fees, chargebacks, etc., and determine your break-even point. The reason you hear about so many failures is just that. They failed and blame everyone but themselves. Those who are making it are out there doing it. If I venture this route and fail, it's my own fault because I didn't do my homework. I was just looking for information on these companies. And another one, when it comes down to it, homework needs to be done. Maintenance accounts need to be established. Taxes need to be set aside. It's a business. So what do I say to comments such as these? You'll always hear success uh, success stories about anything, but you have to look at the total picture. All the drivers who fail at these lease purchases, uh, you're telling me it was their fault. So you're telling me that they were not good business people. I think I'm a pretty good business person, but I failed. I understand maintenance, escrow, and taxes, and the importance of having an attorney and accountant, but I failed. No, I'll tell you what the problem is. Most of these companies with these lease purchase programs, as you've heard, are scams. That's it. That's the bottom line. That is the truth. My opinion, um, you know, take it for what it's worth. And here, here's one post that I got a kick out of. It says, contact two lawyers before you sign on with a lease purchase program. One, a divorce lawyer, and two, a good bankruptcy lawyer. You will need both. (laughs) So that was just his short little statement. But these are all the things that you'll find and hear. And when you have so many comments relating the negatives for a certain situation with only a few positives that you can find, what's going to be your final decision? What are you going to believe? Lease purchase, owner-operator options, for the most part, are scams, a money cow for the trucking company. So stay away from leases. That's my uh, advice for uh, students and recent grads. Now, what what about the truth in leasing law? It's a federal law under uh, Title 49 of the Code of Federal Regulation, CFR, Part 376, that regulates truck leases. Now, as in this case of most laws, it can appear to be a bunch of gibberish, but, I mean, is that a word, gibberish? We use it back home in Oklahoma, so I guess it is. And, of course, again, I'm, I'm no attorney. We, we all know that. But the truth in leasing law specifically deals with the leasing and interchange of vehicles between two parties. One, the lessor, that's you, the driver, and two, the lessee, that's a trucking company. And uh, this law didn't even exist, like I said, until 1976. So can you imagine what happened to drivers before 76? And now, 33 years later, drivers are still being abused and having crimes committed against them through uh, these leasing programs. And, yes, I said crimes because that is what I determined them to be. The, uh, The truth in leasing law basically spells out the rights of both parties. Um. Problems in leasing usually always falls back to someone, usually the driver, uh, not fully understanding the contract and the cost and payment structure in the lease. And, yes, you should have an attorney look it over. And, yes, you should fully understand what you're signing and agreeing to. But these trucking companies, they know that you have one thing on your mind. Get in the truck and start making a paycheck, right? Um, I mean, they know this, Um I mean, is this an excuse? I mean, of course not, but the whole system is set up for two things. One, for the driver to lose, and two, a cash cow for the company. So let's let's just be honest and cut through all the chase. That's the bottom line, and, and the trucking companies that are using this lease option to run people's lives, uh, they, they know it too. And the, the truth in leasing law states such things as uh, – who pays for which permits and licenses and uh, liability insurance. And one thing I ran into from hearing from other drivers is the company would never provide the bill of lading showing the pay for the load. And the truth in uh, leasing law states that the uh, lease should stipulate that the lessee will provide copies of freight bills and invoices to the lessor that clearly show what the lessee is being paid for the load. 
and this will help both parties to avoid disputes and you know hopefully possible litigation um, other areas that it covers uh, and I'm going to pretty much read from it so there is no confusion or misrepresentation on my part where um, where a lessor is being paid a percentage of the total load gross all charge-offs that may reduce that amount should be clearly specified in the contract, and both the company and driver should be aware that the lessee is not allowed to charge the lessor for shortages and damages claimed on freight until the lessor has had a chance to see the claims and clarify any discrepancies. So a company just can't say you damaged something and we're taking it out of your pay. You, the driver, has the right to see the damage provide your side of the story and so forth before the company can do any such thing. Um, the party should also specify whether the independent contractor or the carrier will pay for tolls, scale tickets, overweight fines, uh, equipment violations, and these terms should be spelled out clearly in the contract. The law specifies that the lessor, that's you the driver, is to be paid for the completed haul within 15 days of turning in log pages and signed billing documents. So the lessee, the company, can't make the driver wait for payment until the freight invoice is paid. They can't do it. Truth and leasing law says they can't do it. Uh, other specific items that should be spelled out in the lease include who pays for fuel. Uh, if the lessor pays fuel costs but buys from the lessee, it will be for actual cost. Will it be for actual cost or a markup cost? Uh, if the lessor has mechanical work done in a company shop, what will the rates for uh, for floor hours be? Uh, will there be a parts markup? What about an accounting fee? Uh, the contract should make clear that the lessee provides the lessor with an itemized service billing that includes all parts and labor, and that the lessor is legally entitled to purchase fuel, repairs, and parts wherever he chooses to do so if he or she is the one paying for them. Uh, it's really very clear, as what I told the last caller, you do have a recourse. The problem is, uh, do drivers have the time to uh, get an attorney and and use a truth of, truth and leasing law to their advantage? Uh, I mean, we all know the situation. You know, we're, we get home, we're home for a few days, we've got to get going again, got to keep the wheels turning or there's no money coming in. And the companies know this, too. Uh, escrow accounts. Many lessees require a repair escrow account for necessary repairs. The lessee should have a clear accounting system for the fund and be prepared to provide the lessor with the balance. The contract should spe uh, specify exactly what is covered under the repair account. And uh, one important thing is phrases like, phrases like, but not limited to, may result in unnecessary confusion, so don't use them. Be very, very clear. The lessee should also provide regular expense statements and balance sheets to the lessor. And the lessee may also legally require a security escrow fund to be provided by the lessor and held by the lessee. How do you like all these lessee-lessor stuff? Such escrow accounts must be kept separate from operating funds and accrue interest if not accessed. And the contract should spell out the circumstances under which funds will be removed from the escrow account and a complete accounting of additions and, subtra and subtractions to the escrow fund must be provided to the lessor on a regular basis, and escrow funds are required to be refunded to the lessor within 45 days of lease termination. So remember that, 45 days. Escrow funds are to be refunded back to you, the driver, in 45 days once that lease is terminated. So remember that. I can't tell you how many thousands of drivers never received the escrow funds after they terminated the lease with these companies. So 45 days, remember it. The truth in leasing law states that this is required. It is a federal law, drivers. Get your escrow money back. It's your money. Um, over and over again, I hear, you never got my money back, never got my money back. And again, the drivers don't have time. They don't have time to get an attorney and go through all that thing. And, uh, it, you know, again, money money cow for the trucking companies. So protect protect your rights. The, uh, the lease contract cannot be changed or supplemented without each party's consent and signature. Uh, either party can sue privately for damages in the case of violations or breaches of the contract or leasing regulations, 
and the prevailing party may be able to recoup their attorney's fees and costs from the losing party. And there's that word again right there in the truth and leasing law, breach of contract. So our one caller there, I'm no attorney, but if they called you in, they told you to bring the truck back, they threw you out, they broke the contract. Again, when the contract is uh when the contract is written up between uh, the driver and the company, you know, I guess you can always add things to it if both parties agree. So I, I don't know what was in your contract. I don't know what you agreed to, but you would know that. And, again, a uh, transportation attorney is one that you would want to uh, to get a hold of, especially if you have some escrow money there. Um all this information is from the law offices of Snyder and Onafree PC, and they have represented trucking and transportation companies and their insurers since 1999. And the firm's partners each have a minimum of 15 years of, of uh, experience in transportation litigation and have represented many drivers. So a competent transportation law firm will help you, the driver, fight back uh, against these uh, so-called owner-operator lease options if you find yourself facing such problems, which, again, uh, in my opinion, um, you, you probably will. So, uh, And I always make it a point, again, to say that there are good trucking companies out there. There are. I, I provide a huge list of them, and, and there are companies that drivers report um, that have a very good and honest lease purchase program. Um, the ones that I, came off the top of my head was Central Refrigerated and uh, John Christner out of Oklahoma. Uh, they have a very good reputation, upfront and honest. So they are there, but just be careful and and do a ton of homework before signing on and and uh, let an attorney go through the contract. I mean, I know it takes time and uh, you know maybe a couple hundred bucks out of your pocket, but it's well worth it. Know everything that's that's listed in that contract and understand it completely uh, before signing. And uh, why do I say all this? Because I know that many of you will still have to give it a try. You you want that owner-operator position so bad, like Silver Surfer was saying, and we can understand that. Uh, but here's my final suggestion for you. you if you, you want to be an owner-operator, finance a truck on your own. Work two to three years saving up the down payment as, uh, so you can do so and purchase a truck on your own financial accord. So my ending comment Stay away from lease purchase programs by the trucking companies. You've got to be absolutely 100% certain. And uh, that's just my opinion, my thoughts, and uh, wish you the best of luck. Uh, Twelve minutes down. I'll, let's try to get this other caller here that popped up. Uh, oh, come on, computer work. Uh, area code 731. If you're calling for Truth About Trucking Live, go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, Alan. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? That's good. Uh, my name is Tim Brady. I don't know if you know me or not. Uh, name sounds familiar. Well, uh, you probably, if you uh, are uh, familiar with American Trucker Magazine. Oh, okay. I'm the business editor. Oh, okay. And I'm also I'm also the guy on Sirius Satellite Radio on the Lockridge Report. Uh, okay. And anybody who's listened to me uh, probably knows me from uh, Loading Dock and from uh, Open Road Cafe. Okay. Okay. Yeah, your your name's familiar. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's who I am. Anyway, uh, but I'm also a, uh, uh, you know been in the trucking business uh, about as long as you have, almost 30 years, and uh, I just wanted to uh, uh, put my two cents worth in here to everybody that's listening about these lease purchase programs. Listen to what you are saying, Mr. Allen, because Allen, because the fact is is uh, the majority of these programs are put together. Only for the benefit of the uh, of the trucking company, not for the benefit of the driver. Uh, the majority of people that I work with within my trucking business community uh, program and uh, through my consulting and this type of thing, in the six years that I've been doing this, uh, I have found very few that have a a. Uh, I've had a positive experience with a with a uh, lease purchase program. Uh, there's a lot of things, and I'm sure you. Cov- I didn't get in until about the last. 20 minutes of your conversation here, so I don't know what you covered in the first portion of your program, uh, but I wanted to kind of give you some uh, uh, backup on all of this stuff. Uh, the one thing that you got to look at is why does a trucking company want to go uh, with a lease purchase operator? Well, one, uh, a lot of these companies make a tremendous amount of money uh, releasing trucks over and over and over again. 
Uh, number two, uh, they save on a tremendous amount of uh, employee costs. Uh, they save on workman's compensation, obviously. Uh, they save on the uh, on the uh, uh, FICA on the on the Social Security, which turns into self-employment uh, tax for the uh, for the uh, uh, new owner operator. Uh, they no longer have to pay unemployment benefits or pay unemployment insurance uh, fees to the state uh, on your behalf. Uh, they are no longer have to contribute to 401k. Uh, all of this stuff. But the one thing that they forget to add in when they're looking at figuring the rates for these lease purchase operators is all of these costs that are going to be incurred by them. Those costs don't go away. They just get transferred to the shoulder of that new lease purchase operator. Right. And uh, right. so I, I, and I'm sure you probably touched those points, but sometimes uh, uh, with people I've learned, uh, they sometimes have to, people need to hear it two or three times from different folks to really have it sink in and for them to understand that uh, they're, you know, you can basically look at whatever they quote you in terms of your rate, uh, per annual rate that you'll earn. If they're telling you, oh, you can earn $120,000 a year, all you got to do is really divide that by four or five, and that's what your take-home pay will be. Oh, it's going right. to be about one-fifth to one-quarter what your gross is going to be, and, I, and that's if you manage the business properly. Yeah, that, that's the key there, too, because a lot of management right. comes into play. Right. And the other thing that I would recommend that people do, you've got some programs that I've seen in all of this. Uh, I've also, I've, I myself have uh, some programs. But, you know, don't jump into this just thinking that it's going to be a, a piece of cake. Uh, educate yourself. Understand what it's going to take uh, to run that truck as a business. If you don't know what that break-even point is, uh, don't even begin to go off and get that truck. If you don't know what the rates are that you need to be getting in order to make that truck run, don't go off and get that truck. You know, because those are the things that will sink you faster than anything else and put you deep, deep in debt. Uh, the other thing is, is, is keep in mind that you have what is known as a break-even point. All right? And include in that break-even point not just the cost of the truck, not just the, uh, the, the, the license plate and the fuel and this type of thing, but also include in that your, your uh, uh, salary for yourself, that draw for yourself. Because I always say the most important expense anybody has in order to operate a truck is the driver. Right. You, you can have all the fuel in the world in that truck, mm-hmm. but if you don't have the driver behind the wheel, that truck isn't going anywhere. Exactly. And if you're an owner-operator, owner you got to make sure that you're making the money you need to make. And the only way you do that is by paying yourself a salary. If you're expecting to live off the leftovers, you will go hungry and you will fail. That's that's for sure. Well, what's uh, uh, give us some of your websites so our listeners can uh, can visit and learn, and learn more. Well, uh, a couple of them, uh, real quick, uh, truckersu.com, and that's either the letter U or Y-O-U.com, or they can go up to AmericanRigRadio.com, which is our podcast site, and, uh, and garner information from there. Uh, those are the two best places to go. And, of course, you can also uh, uh, go to uh, trucker.com, which is American Trucker Magazine. And if you uh, link on the news uh, links there, you will find uh, – of probably 40, 50 articles that I've written over the last uh, four or five years. Okay, yeah, that's where I, that's where I've, I I knew your name sounded familiar. I I, I go to trucker uh, trucker dot com a lot, so I kn- I knew your name was familiar. Yeah, well, I, you know, been around a couple of been around the block a couple of times, and uh, we also have a the uh, if you go to trucker U, you will find uh, the trucker's bookstore. You will find my site where I do speaking engagements. You will also find uh, American Rig Radio, and you will also find uh, the Truckers Business Community, our Trucking Business Community, which is a uh, learning community uh, that you can join. That we uh, we teach classes, what we call in cab education classes, every week uh, for people to uh, to uh, continually refocus and learn. Uh, about the business of trucking and what they need to do to move forward, either as a lease operator or uh, if they want to go the full-fledged route with their own authority, how to become uh, a, a motor carrier and what you need to do in order to do that. 
Okay, well, great. Well, well, Tim, I appreciate you calling. That was a lot of really, really good information. I really appreciate it. Well, very welcome. And, you know, again, I uh, just want the world to know, you know, you're doing a good job out there, uh, 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 Alan, and uh, just keep up the good work. And uh, when you get a chance, give me a call. I'll, I'll do it. All I'll right. Do it. And, and thank you. I appreciate you for those words. You're very welcome. Thanks a lot now. All right. So not just me. You hear a lot of veterans out there. Um, so we're giving you the information. We want to help you. We want trucking to work for you. So, um, again, stay away from leases. Um, our next show, this coming Wednesday, actually, day after tomorrow, April fifteenth, two 2009, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Virginia law enforcement breaking federal trucking laws. A hot topic. It's been going on for years, not just in Virginia. But truck drivers stopping for the federal mandatory 10-hour break in the state of Virginia rest areas are being woke up after two hours by law enforcement officials and are told that they have to move. So I will be looking at this hot topic as the state uh, plans on closing major rest areas and why law enforcement is actually breaking the law when they force weary drivers to move on. So I want to hear um, what Donna's saying here. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> Reading my little notes from Donna. So, uh, want to hear my take on all this? Uh, then be back right here on Blog Talk Radio Wednesday, April 15th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, uh, I will share with you my take on this matter. So, get your phone ready to call in because I want to hear from you as well. And, uh, going to be kind of a uh, get both sides of the story a little bit from me because I'm, I'm a truck driver. I've been doing it a long time. I've also been a police officer and a deputy sheriff, so I've also been in law enforcement. So I can see both sides of the story. So how do truck drivers look at it? How do uh, law enforcement officers look at it? I've been uh, on both sides of the world, so that's going to be a good show. Hope you join us on that again at 7 p.m. this week, uh, this uh, Wednesday. Eastern Standard Time. So, uh, appreciate everybody calling in. Uh, been busy here, but I see all. Uh, I see everybody there in the chat. M A S O seven and uh, Big Kahuna, Florida, and all the guests. I appreciate you being in there. Uh, been tied up here with the phones, but I know you're there, and I appreciate you uh, joining us again. So, uh, come back and visit us again this Wednesday, and we'll be looking into this uh, Virginia thing that. Uh, has been spreading like wildfire across the Internet, much to the thanks of um, Silver Surfer and his brother from the AmericanDriver.com. Uh, so hope to see you then. And so until next time, for Truth About Trucking Live, I'm Alan Smith, Drive Safe, and thanks for listening.
that's just my little Oklahoma song. So we've got about 44 seconds counting down, so I'll just jump back in here. Again, remind you, this Wednesday, day after tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll be talking about Virginia and the closing of the rest areas and all that good stuff and get my viewpoint from being a truck driver and a former uh, law enforcement officer. So that's going to be a good show. Really looking forward to it. Trying to get somebody from the uh, Virginia DOT to come on the show and uh, get both sides of the story there. So, again, 13 seconds down. Thanks, everybody, everybody in the chat room, all the callers, all the listeners from around the country and the globe. I appreciate it. Uh, See you Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Take care. Good night, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.